Welcome back. This week we're talking to Danny Simpson, Australian-born, now living in Belfast. She's a great artist. Uh, we catch up with her about her art, her drive for work, and what it's like living as an Australian in the Big Smoke Belfast. Okay, my name is Danny Simpson. I am an Australian artist who travelled over to Belfast and has made a little home here. Uh, doing all different types of art. So I do murals, illustrations, um, branding. Basically, if you have a canvas, I will paint it to, to tell the story that you want it to be told. Um, and that's, that's sort of like a real short summary of, of what I do, but obviously it delves a lot deeper. Um, probably the one thing that most people say from over here is, how did you end up in Belfast? Which <laughs> is usually the other way around. Um, I, my mum is actually, yeah, my mum's actually from Belfast, so my granny still lives here, and I came over, I actually quit my job, um, it was an amazing job, I worked at a makeup factory as their sales and marketing manager, I was like every girl's dream, I had a lipstick machine in the room behind me, like it was amazing, um, but I really wanted to do more art and I wanted to travel, and I saved enough money to do it, so that was the time quit my job, sold all my things and was meant to live in Holland with one of my, my friends. And I thought if I come over to Holland, I have to visit my granny first in Belfast. And so I came here for two weeks, which was two years ago and um, picked up a mural job and just kept coming back for more murals and visiting my granny and decided that it was the right place to stay. And it's just all kicked off from there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. I managed to get through each week, like not having to get a bar job of just being able to do like enough mural work or like illustration work to sort of like pay the travel bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is what I was going to ask. How on earth do you get into mural work? Like, is there an advertisement that says we need a mural maker or did Starts you just randomly graffiti. graffiti some buildings? <laughs> Um, look, it's, there's so many different ways and every job sort of comes to me in a different, a different way. Uh, the first mural job that I did actually, I was doing like little bits of artwork here and there. Um, I never had done a mural before, went into a bar, had a little bit of liquid courage and said to the owner, like that wall could really look good with like a big, a big painting on it. And he was like, can you do it? And I just, I'm like, I'm like, have you ever watched Yes Man? He's just constantly like, yes, yes, yes. So it's just me like, yes, I can paint that. Had no idea what I was doing. Um, I, I did that mural and that sort of was like the first steps, stepping stone. It really threw me in the deep end, but it allowed me to say one, that I can do it. And then also give people a visual of what I can do to get the work from here on in is I really had to build my social media. I have a background in marketing. So it kind of really helped in a way of being able to showcase the skills that I have in the right way to create a demand for art work. I feel like artists are generally thrown in this box of, well, that's a hobby, not a career. And the number one question I always get when I'm painting is, are you a student? If there's a massive misconception that you could actually have a career doing art and doing murals. Um, so being able to market it in a way on social media and my website so that people can see that it's not just a piece of lovely art that's in a bar or a cafe or, or whatnot. It's actually also a marketing thing where you can portray your message and make it Instagrammable or, or add value to the space that you're in. 
And um, I think by doing that is really allowed me to sort of grow my portfolio and get more work. Amazing. And <laughs> is there like a, is there like a platform where people can source artists like that whenever they're looking for something? Or did you just kind of find that a lot of stuff kind of came out of the blue like that? Like, are you called to places nearly or... I sent so many emails to people, like just cold emails, just being like, hey, my name's Danny. I'm going to be in the country. Um, I do this painting stuff. Like, um, <laughs> do you like even, even to the extent I like, I contacted hotels um, and saying like, I will literally paint in exchange for a few nights accommodation. <laughs> like, and like, you just constantly, like every email you get, you send out, you might send 10 emails out and you may even get get one response and that could be a no so it's a real it's a grind like you have to constantly be putting yourself out there um there's not so much a website as such there's a couple like talent house that do like um call out for artists whether it's like illustrations on the rare occasion maybe once or twice a year they'll ask for a mural job for like a big brand um but not so much it's it's really about putting yourself out there and then the work sort of comes to you or you may like approach a bar or cafe with an idea and, and build from there. But it's funny you bring that up because I, at the start of lockdown, I had an idea for a while now, but at the start of lockdown, I created the Creatives Market, which is an online directory of all different artists. And originally it was, it was globally, um, but I wanted to channel it right down. And this week I'm going to get back onto it because I've been so flat out, but um, I'm making it so it's just Northern Ireland and the directory is for the exact purpose that you're saying. So if you are a bar or a cafe and you're saying, look, I need a mural, um, it's not as easy as just going onto Google and searching mural artist Belfast, um, because you're not going to get everyone's portfolio right up. Um, so it basically on this website, it does that. It brings all of the artists that are up there with a little glimpse of their portfolio and links it straight through to the website. Um, so that's a work in progress at the moment, but hopefully it will benefit everyone, not just mural artists. It could be that you, um, do uh, jewelry making or you're a ceramist and, and, um, maybe you're a marketing, uh, sorry, a company that's looking for a gift at the end of the year. That's a local handmade gift from an artist and you see this beautiful, um, pottery that can be handmade for each person then you know where to go to great idea i love the sound of that that sounds yeah thank you so good well i hope it goes well thank you i don't make any money on it so it's been really hard at the moment to to um because it's free directory it's been really hard to obviously push it um with this lockdown madness i actually thought that i would have less work and i did at the start so i focused on my website and then now it's come through that all the murals are coming back. So I'm sort of on a double workload at the moment. Slab. Oh, I suppose you probably would still be able to paint though, because if you're on your own, yeah. I imagine. I wear a gas mask and gloves and oh, okay. I, have, I have to surround the area off. So it's, it's generally all right. It's just the bars and the pubs. Like hospitality, like it's really difficult for them at the moment. And because they're all closed up, they're not wanting to invest money into doing that because they're not sure when they're going to open again so mm, that's true at the same time yeah. it's the perfect time to do it exactly yeah. and the weather has been like yeah so perfect <laughs> amazing but it's not it's not just murals that you do you do um illustrations and 
I, I read you, you also do like art for tattoos. I do. It's not a big thing that I do the art for tattoos. It's more so like if, if someone comes to me and says like, I want a really meaningful piece that is in your style, I'm more than happy to design the artwork and you can take it to your tattooist. And obviously a tattooist is, an artist themselves so they may make a few tweaks or they may be happy to tattoo it but like all my tattoos I know we're on a podcast but I'm showing you all my stuff I've designed and taken it to all different tattooists and they've added their little little sort of style to it and, and tattooed it for me sweet but there's lots of different things that I do so I do the mural art and then I do graphic design so my background is in graphic design so I'll do things like logos, um, anything that's to do with um, sort of like branding of illustrations, if you know what I mean. And then right through to what I really love doing is um, country maps. So because I love traveling, the thing I love about traveling is when you see the personality of a country or a city. So um the people, the places, the things like, you know, what you eat, the brand. So say, for example, when you come to, to Belfast, it's, it's not just about as a tourist thing. It's like, what makes you feel like Belfast is home? So is it, you know, like your, your tato chips that we have here, or is it, um, you know, a pint of, of whatever is your favorite beer? Like there's all different types of little things. So to be able to create an illustration that keys them all together and then be able to sell them for people to have in their house I really enjoy doing sounds That's great um, I've seen a few of your pieces and I noticed actually there recently you've got your your first um book for the color it in I do I do it looks amazing thank you they went crazy during lockdown it was so nice to be able to see people like just unwinding and and sort of just getting wrapped in drawing while while all this madness was going on i have heaps of plans i want to do an australian one because i think it would be quite funny but um i just i just have to get the time to do it <laughs> and how long do you think it would take you to do like uh you know a sketch say you're doing one of the the islands like where so generally with like each country they take a few weeks to do there's a huge amount of research that goes into it so i sit there and we watch lots of different youtube videos and documentaries of things that are not just like tourists related to the country but also like background history on each country i put out polls on instagram for people to add their little bits and bobs that they they feel would would be suitable for that. Um, I'm actually started working on the Italian one last night. And again, I know it's a podcast, but you can see all my like words of, of heaps of different things that, um, of idea, ideas for it. So, um, once I do that, then I obviously have to start sourcing like pictures to, to reference from and then putting it together. It's a long process. It's, it's, it really is but the moment when it's finished and you get that first print is like the best feeling ever so yes i'm i hope to do one country a month but the start of my year this year has been completely like like just thrown into a spin so i'm a little bit behind on that but i will get there <laughs> yeah well definitely keep up the prints i have to say i'm not the biggest fan of a lot of art but i really love your prints i really love them Thank you. Uh, every so often people will show me you know a bit of art and they're like oh this is amazing isn't it and i'm like 
But then I saw your stuff and it blew my mind. It is just right up my street. It's just exactly, I love the style of it. And I've seen Thank some you. of your murals around the, the city. And I didn't realize that you also did prints until after. I was like, do you know what? That'd be a really class, that'd be a really <laughs> class print. And then they go on the website and they're like, oh. Oh, it's that. It is a really, it is a really class print. Yeah, no, it's, it's a nice way for people to take because obviously street art is just it's it literally could be there one minute and the next day it can be tagged over or painted over so for to be able to sort of like capture it in a way that people can take that home with them and have a piece of it is really important I feel sort of captures the moment yeah but the stuff the stuff that you're doing around the city it's it's starting to become you know actually iconic it's part of Belfast now um, oh, like the you. like the I don't know what it's called but you've won and there's there's wings is it around C.S. Lewis square yeah that's the C.S. Lewis um lion wings the lion? yeah yeah like yeah like you've seen pl- like there's so many people with Instagram posts and stories of them standing with the the wings I get and really then, excited when I'm going through Instagram and I follow the hashtag uh, Belfast so I might not even be tagged in it, but I'll just see people standing in front of it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I don't know, I can't remember what's even in it, but there's one and there's lots of red. That's all I can remember about it. There's lots of red in it. Oh, is that the one on North Street through to Royal Ave? It's, yes, yes. Yeah. That's it. I, I call that the never ending mural of Belfast because I, <laughs> I'll be like, I'm done. And then like a few weeks later, they'll call me and be like, so we would like to extend the mural and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's over a hundred meters. I actually have lost count of how big it is. It's, wow. It took it's months and months to do, but it definitely brightens up that area of the city. Um, yeah, for sure. As, as we know, it's a little bit run down in that area at the moment. And if, if it's not there, it just gets graffitied and lots of people pass through. It's a massive bus stop at the front of it as well. So it was really nice to be able to do something in that area. Yeah. And do you find like, what's it like in terms of maintenance? Like how long would it take for it to kind of start to fade or, or start to get chipped that it would need like redoing? Has it been able to last well, every, for a while or? Every mural is different. There's one I did, the first mural I think I did um, on the street, which was on, it was on the North Street across from Joe Tattoo and it was for Culture Night and it said moment and it had um, wings in it but the emulsion paint that I was given to to put down was actually out of date and um it was really rainy that culture night so like every I'd put like a little bit down and it would start to rain so I'd like go into cover wait for it to dry and do it again and it just didn't get the time to set properly um and the wood from the hoarding was really um like starting to rot so it didn't take very long for it to start to get like this really peeled effect to it but um I think it lasts about a year and a half and someone's recently just gone over and tagged the whole wall of all the different murals that were on there at the moment so every mural's different like that one didn't take long um and then other ones you can put varnishes over the top and it'll last ages. Like the paint that's used, it's all designed to, to be UV resistant and everything like that. But all it takes is someone to come across and, and repaint it or, but a lot of people respect the art here. And, and that's the thing, like that's the beauty of art, of street art. That's why we enjoy it so much because you just never know 
um, it could be there one day and gone the next. So everyone's different. And is there a certain type of like medium that you use? Um, or like, you know, is, is, is it emulsion paints that you stick with? Or does it depend really on what you're going for? Like what kind of canvas you're on? Totally depends on the wall. Like um, I, I, I tend to use, especially for the bigger stuff, obviously using um, spray aerosol paints is the best way to go. Emulsion is just really the um, background. But the spray is definitely a lot easier to sort of control in, in a large area. Um, if it's a rough surface, like I just did one for Powers Whiskey at the Jiggy Nettle and it was a pebble dash wall. It was so painful to deal with the, the surface of the wall because like literally like even if I wanted to paint it, there was parts of that pebble dash wall that was so deep that you couldn't even get the paintbrush into it. <laughs> so you have to use aerosol spray paint and just chew through it, but it gave a really nice finish. Um, if I can, I really do like using, um, I just did a shutter at Bradbury Art and I spray painted it, but for the fine lines and detail, I used, um, I used brush or I'll use a pen that is like a street art ink pen and which works really well as well. It just depends on the surface. It depends on the colors that are being used and the background um, and how big it is. If, if it's big, there's no point using brushes because you'd be there all day. You may need, may need to use a roller. Yeah. And if your background is in marketing, did you have any sort of training for art or did you just kind of pick it up yourself? Well, that's what it, um, interesting part of the story comes i um so i worked for a makeup company for 12 years so i did makeup artistry i did the sales and the marketing and um for sort of a, a brief period in there i actually did for another another company i worked for i did my apprenticeship in graphic design so i had two-year apprenticeship in that so that really gave me the background knowledge of of printing, pre-press and graphic design. So I learned all the different programs like InDesign and Photoshop, Illustrator, which I'm so grateful I've done because that helps me every single day. Um, but in terms of like technique, when it comes to any sort of art technique, color theory, that sort of stuff, I've had no formal training in. Um, I definitely have a steady hand from doing things like makeup artistry. It's, it's a similar thing, but you're just using a human as a canvas. And, and when I did makeup, I, I hated doing like bridal things. I was like Halloween time. That was like my go-to time. Like I'd be fully booked out and painting everyone as skeletons or crazy little things. Um, but it, it came, it was about four years ago. I went through a really rough time in my life. Um, art wasn't, a thing that I ever did. I would never have called myself an artist. I didn't even think I could do that sort of stuff. Um, and I was told, I couldn't switch my brain off. Um, I was told to start drawing. So I started doing mandala um, artworks or different types of patterns because I couldn't draw faces. I was really, really bad at it. And I'm still not the best at them. Um, but mandala's easy. It's just circles, lines, triangles, all different patterns really. And you're doing it in like a repetitive motion that you can switch your brain off and create like this really big, beautiful artwork. So I did that and I did it in a really lovely place, which was called Burley Heads in Australia. 
um, it's beach and you can imagine you've got everyone out surfing near the rocks and the sun is rising, you're having your morning coffee. It was amazing. And so I really fell in love with drawing and doing that for myself. And I decided that I wanted a big canvas for my room. And I went to Bunnings, which is like B&Q. And I got a piece of wood and I put it in my little car and I got to Burley and I started just like drawing on this big piece of wood and everyone kept stopping like, what is that girl doing drawing on the beach? And people were saying like, can I buy the artwork? And we, we're, um, where can I get that from? Blah, 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 blah. And I started to realize that perhaps what I was doing could be something that I could go into further. So I just watched YouTube, I watched Skillshares, I, I literally, any moment I had, I practiced. And I think when you're doing something like this, that's technical based, yes, you do need to have um, sort of like the skill behind it. So I've been able to self-teach, uh, self-taught, I can't talk. I've been able to teach myself online, um, but there's so many things that I'd love to learn more about, but I definitely have put the time in teaching myself and practicing. So, so it really started started as a hobby. And yeah. Now you're here. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I think for us as well, what we what we do started from a hobby as well, and I think it it always means more whenever you're doing something. You know, it's not nine to five, and uh, you you love it. And even in the tough times, well, you have to remember that you love it sometimes, but it's worth it in the end. It definitely is. Like uh, I went, I will admit, like I went through a period after that when I was doing the little drawings and everyone was saying like, I'd love to buy them, love to buy them. And I, I went to a market and um, I was thought like, you know, here, here it is, like it's going to happen. I'm going to sell all these artworks at this market. And um, I literally sold nothing. It was like, I got rained out. It was really, really depressing. And I didn't draw for weeks after that because I just, I was disheartened by it. I just thought, well, what's the point of doing this? And when I switched back and realized that the whole point of doing it was because I actually enjoyed the process. It gave me peace at the time. I loved it. And if I don't sell anything and I end up with like a room full of paintings, then so be it. Um, so at that point, I just started giving them out for free and giving them to different people that enjoyed them and loved them until I got to a stage that, I started to realize my worth a little bit more and started to sell them and people could see that I wasn't just doing it because I wanted to make money I did it because I enjoyed it. Um, and I think that's really important for people who are starting out to, to focus on that. Obviously, yes, you do need to make money, but perhaps you need to work full time and do that on the side as well until you can get to a stage that um, you can do what you love to pay yeah. the bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the important thing there is to trust the process. Um, yeah, I was I was reading a book recently about the the British um, cycling team. A uh, bit off topic, but um, they uh, they started off as a pretty bang average team. A few guys came in, put a few things in place. This is the process. It went two or three years, still no results. Trust the process, and then they they ended up going to the twenty twelve Olympics, won like eight gold medals. They're top of the track and the on road cycling. And the yeah. whole the whole thing throughout the book, the one connecting factor was trust the process. Mm. And that's a, obviously a big scale thing with hundreds of people working. But even for one person, 
if you know what you want to do and you know that it's going to work and it might not work out the first time the second time if you keep persevering as long as the process is right it will eventually work you might have to tweak yeah. it it's, it's that saying you know like the the harder you work the luckier you get and I, I do think that you work really hard at what you do and you put a hundred percent into what you do and constantly practice like I remember when I worked at the makeup factory I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning I'd go to the beach I would draw until literally like I knew the exact minute that I needed to leave to be able to get to work on time and I was generally like one or two minutes late every day sorry my old boss um because I was just so in fix like I didn't want to leave that I was enjoying it I'd go to work on my lunch break I'd literally sit in my car and eat food while I was drawing on my iPad to keep doing what I was doing and then when I finished work I would go to the gym go home and I would draw until I'd go to bed and I did that like every day and then on the weekends I would do my mural stuff and like you do have to work really hard um, and that people see see that but it's 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 not bad if you're working hard if you love it though you know what I mean it becomes part of yourself and it would be similar with you, with you guys having like this podcast and you're talking to people if you enjoy it it's just a conversation isn't it it's not at work See, I don't like the coffee sweet. I don't know how people have like keeps of sugar in their coffees. It just gets rid of the, but tea, I don't mind having it sweet. It's really weird. So I don't know. I like the bitterness of coffee. Yeah, I'd be the same. I don't really eat sweet stuff anyway, but donuts are my weakness. Yeah. And if I'm studying, like whenever I was in uni, it would have been a packet of Oreos was usually my go-to. <laughs> I'm a binge eater in the way, like if there is chocolate in the house, it's gone. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't. <gasps> It can't last like a week. Husband. Last night, done. Torture. So. Like, I couldn't. No, I can't cope with that. There could be stuff in the in the cupboard that we're like, we're gonna make dessert this weekend. We're going to a barbecue or we're having Sunday dessert, and then I'll come to it and I'll be like, eh, excuse me, <laughs> all my ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live with one of them too. There's two of us, but one's worse than the other. <laughs> I. Probably would drink two coffees a day. I can't do much more than that because I'm, I'm honestly like I'm one of the people that co- coffee actually affects. Like I know people say it doesn't, but it does to me. Like honestly, if I have that third coffee, I'm done for the day. Like I literally will be shaking. So, or I'll be really wired. Like I'd walk into the shops. Like I'll be like. <laughs> I've got to say, if you hear any weird noises, it's just my puppy. She's in bed. But she's um, she makes some weird noises sometimes. So, what kind of pup? She is an English Staffy. She's a blue English oh. Staffy. She's about seven months old, so she's quite good. Um, but I put her into bed, and she's just I can hear her ruffling around, moving around. Sorry, she really big already, or is she? Do they go I reckon, quick? I reckon she will pretty much stay at the size. She may just. She's really muscular. Like I think she may get. Like when she stands up, you see her like booty in her legs. She's just got like these, like, she's got more muscles than us at the moment. <laughs> so I think oh, she'll be like one of those storchy little like staffies that walk around. <laughs> if you see a staunch staffie in Ormo Park, well, that's Bella. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Bella? 
Bella, yeah. Bella. There's a lot of she stuff looked, She's looked Bella. up. No, it doesn't really... It's not what you expect her to be called. For no, a I, I, I know a lot of people with Staffordshire Terriers that call them Bella. Yeah, Bella is like oh, such really? a common... Yeah. It's yeah. a really, really common staffy name. name. And Lola as well is a really common mm. staffy name as well. Yeah. But like um, you expect you expect them to be called like I don't know, Butch or <laughs> But the thing like, is they're know, actually grinder. so incredibly affectionate. Like they get a really bad rap. Like mm. she <laughs> is just like you should see her in the morning. All she wants to do is cuddle. She's just a big baby. And I have a uh, English staffy back in Australia, uh sorry dad, um <laughs> who is now my dad's um and she is the exact same like pe- people walk when you're walking and they don't know much about english stuffies like they'll pull their dogs away and like she will literally she's never ever gone at another dog she would just lick lick you to death that's it <laughs> mm, yeah bad rap really, from bad really trainers that's the problem yeah 100 percent. like we she tries to nibble our hands just to play fight and because she's at that age that she's starting to sort of like not realize that she's a bit stronger than what she realizes and we're pulling her into line where we're like okay you can't actually nibble our hand anymore like you have to you will eat it off yeah no more no no biting <laughs> is fair, that the issue to tea that have you like noticed any teeth lying about your house no but i noticed her canine she's got adult canines through but next to it there was a baby canine that obviously it didn't push it out it stayed there but she keeps eating, she keeps eating bricks, and we can't stop her. Like, cause our backyard we don't have grass; it's just rocks, and there's a couple of old bricks underneath, and it's just all rocks. Like, you can't just remove all the rocks. So we're trying to stop her from eating that. But I think she's doing it to wear down that tooth because it's actually worn nearly all the way down now, oh. um, and it's about to fall out. So, yeah. That's why people are scared of staffies, because they chew Cause brick. They <laughs> the they came out the other end. You know the saying. <laughs> she was, yeah. There. Cleaned up the mess, and I thought, oh my god, the saying is true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that anyway. here. <laughs> and so obviously you're Australian. Mm-hmm. An accent that could melt butter. Oh really? Oh, I, lo- I love an Australian accent. It's unbelievable. I get to sit and listen to Australians and Kiwis and South Africans, especially just those three sit and talk all day. I get um, mixed up. Like I always get like taken for one of them all the time. Like someone saying, "Are you like are you a Kiwi or are you South African or Australian?" And they're like, "I don't mean to mean offence." I'm like, oh, "I know." <laughs> Uh, but uh, so how, obviously you spent quite a while in Australia you, you kept the accent and you um, started your well, art in Australia yeah so I lived in Australia until two years ago so um, oh, so it was pretty it's really recent then yeah so I I do want to go home like people say to me you've you've got an Irish accent they say um which sounds crazy to you guys I know but I've definitely picked up words and I laugh because sometimes I'll say like just naturally say, oh, I'll have a wee coffee. And I get all excited after. I'm like, oh, I said it naturally. I didn't even mean to. <laughs> or the one thing that you can't say back in Australia is like, um, what's the crack? Or like, they're good crack. You can't say that because 
that has a completely different meaning in Australia. And the well, last time I went, I said it a couple of times and my friends were just looking at me thinking like I was on drugs because she's a cocaine dealer now. Yeah, like <laughs> she wanted to like <laughs> crack cocaine <laughs> what's going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely certain words. Like I, I've been going like the way I finish my sentence, like up, up, up at the end, especially like when I'm annoyed, like my accent changes. <laughs> Can we always do that. I, yeah, well, you just did it then. <laughs> I just heard it. Yeah, I just heard it. <laughs> well, like I'll say, like even my partner, if I have like a disagreement, I'll be like, you know, what are you saying that for? And he'll be like, why you sound like you're from here? <laughs> but no, there's definitely still an Australian accent, but I don't have a very broad Australian accent. Um, if you were to speak to my dad, he has that, you know, that typical. Um, really Aussie accent like you know how you going sort of <laughs> thing but I've never had that so okay so what part of Australia are you from I'm from the Gold Coast so that is about an hour south of Brisbane um the main part of the Gold Coast is called Surface Paradise it's where they film I'm a Celebrity for anyone who doesn't know where it is okay. but we're not actually in the bush it's just yeah. you don't live in the jungle though I don't live, it was, <laughs> I get frustrated with I'm a celebrity because it's not actually a jungle. It's just like about 20 minutes into the bush. <laughs> just a bit of shrubbery. I used to just go for bush walks there. <laughs> you know, that's deck. It's beautiful. You've got the hinterland on one side um, and then you've got the beach um, and it's just a really lovely slice of paradise. And you still count yourself as drinking? You're not, 100%. you're not, you're not turned into an Irish, an Irish girl no. anytime soon. Well, we, we went to Australia at the start of the year um, and we were painting a mural at my nephew's school and I heard my other nephew um, say to his friends, oh, that's my Irish auntie and uncle. <laughs> Me and my partner looked at each other and were like, oh my gosh, I just got called an Irish auntie. <laughs> So maybe and the other kids all think you've come like one way from Ireland just to paint a mural. I know. Well, I nearly kind of did. <laughs> sort of. So, um, and if you, yeah. are you planning on going back then at some point soon um, or like in the future? I would like to. Obviously, it's it's hard at the moment, especially with all of this um, coronavirus stuff. Um, my plan was to always get home like at least once a year and spend really good quality time. I think traveling and living abroad is, is really difficult. Um, it's, it can be hard, especially in times like this when you don't have the same circle of friends and family around you. Um, so it's important to make sure that you make that effort and a priority to go home and spend quality time with everyone. And I've probably spent more time with everyone. Um, living abroad than what I would have done when I was living there because you just get caught up in, in work, life and everything like that. Um, and um, we would eventually love to be able to split our time between the two. Um, but a lot of my work is here as well. So, and we have our life set up here. So we'll see what happens. You never know what's around the corner. And are you both from um, Australia or is your partner from here? 
my partner's from here, so. Ah, uh, okay. Um, that makes more sense then. <laughs> yeah. And he has a little boy here as well. So ah. um, it's important for us to stay. But um, obviously I have my whole family and we had quite a really rough year with my family at the, this year. So um, I'd like to get back there for Christmas and, and spend some time with them. It's just I wish that the flights were cheaper and shorter. It's nothing worse than a 28-hour flight. <laughs> That's hard. I know, I know. I've done it already four times this year in terms of like going there and back, there and back. So, um, yeah. So you just nearly know. a week gone? I know. I literally, like, I, do you know they, um, uh, how it was a leap year this year? We had the 29th of February. I was actually on the plane, so I didn't even have that day. It was like, that day was gone. I lost it. <laughs> no leap year for Danny. Leap year every, every year? <laughs> exactly so um yeah I would like to definitely get back um I do try to go back there and do murals when I'm over there as well but obviously my priority is is to see my family when I'm there so when I'm here I work really hard and save up to do lots of traveling well we were meant to do Europe this year and get some inspiration for some new maps but obviously that hasn't been able to happen so hoping to do a little bit more of like local travel and, and doing art as we as we travel would be amazing so, so do you travel to work or work to travel? Um, I probably, I would say work to travel because okay. I, that was always my priority. I always wanted to just make sure that I was making enough to cover my bills and to be able to see and explore and, and enjoy the world that we live in. Um, but at the moment, I probably feel like it's the other way around because we can't travel. So it's just saving up all that money at the moment. Hmm. Cool. Have you traveled much? Like, where where have you been, or what kind of places do you enjoy the most out of all your travels? Ugh. Um, I look. I feel like I'm pretty well traveled, but then like, there's like the list of places I want to go is definitely longer than the list of the places I've been. <laughs> and the worst thing is that you go to a place, and I'll be like, like I've been to France, and I'm like well, I want to go back there now, but like, um, so I've done all through Europe. Um, we were lucky to spend Christmas, like or pre-Christmas. We did the markets up in um, Copenhagen and Sweden last year. So it was quite an interesting trip to go from um, Ireland to Copenhagen, Sweden for Christmas and then fly for Christmas day to Australia. So I went from one extreme to the other. Um, went to Singapore on the way back, which was incredible. If anyone has um, wanted to go to Singapore, it's like being in the future. It is so clean and beautiful. Um, I have like on my list of wanting to do the Americas. There's a lot of uh, European countries, especially like over in Eastern European, that I'd love to do as well. And all throughout Asia. I've done a couple of places in Asia, like Bali, quite a few times as well. As an Australian, that's like our, that's like our um, Benidorm. <laughs> we go to Bali. Um, but yeah, it's just every time I go to places, like I, I get so inspired to travel. Like people say, what happens when, when you have art block? You just need to get out and see new things, meet new faces, and you'll instantly be inspired to to um, create a lot more so I can't wait for that hurry up and like let us travel again 
I'm kind of hoping the opposite in a very selfish sense because as soon as they open up the borders again, my brother's going back to Canada. So I'm like, no, <laughs> keep okay. them shut. Keep them shut for a little bit. <laughs> Just I've for Canada. Black on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. It sounds amazing. Um, I would love to see Bali. Imagine, Ryan, if Bali was our Benidorm. Frank sakes. That is class. It's a bit of a difference, it's, isn't um, it? Massive oh, difference. Amazing. It really is nice. Like it's cheap as well to go to. The people there are so friendly and accommodating. They do heaps of stuff for you. Um, it's yeah. I've been I think three times to Bali, but there's lots of places throughout Asia I'd love to go. And like Vietnam um, is is really high up on the list. But yeah, even just seeing the backyard here, like there's heaps of places in Ireland that haven't been and I've been here for two years so that's sort of our priority at the moment I've never been to Scotland so I'd like to get across there and, and sort of oh, explore yes. a little bit more of the backyard that's that's here um especially doing so much art that's based on the landmarks in these areas I'd love to go see them myself and sit there and have a coffee and draw that was great I'd love to do that too but I can't draw so <laughs> you just drink the coffees yeah I drink, just drink the, the coffee yeah yeah, exactly. Do mandala. The mandala ones are easy to do. I love doing mandala art lessons with people. Oh, trust who... me, I, I'd mess it up. No, I you would, wouldn't. I would mess it up. Um, I remember in school, in art class, uh, there, I went to quite a small school and there was only a few of us in the class. And uh, the art teacher was really nice, but she really struggled to find nice things to say about our art. <laughs> she was like, it's a really good effort well done and I remember one of the interesting yeah I remember one of the guy one of my one of my best mates he uh, he's even worse than me at art to be fair and uh, we had the I can't remember what the name was but we had to draw stuff around us so she set up two or three things you had to draw them and uh, it was like a pen and a pencil case and a cup or something like that and she came round and uh, she's like, oh, Ryan, that's a nice pencil case. And Johnny, that's a nice cup. And then she came to this guy and was like, that's a nice shoe. Is that a shoe? I said, no, no, it's a pencil case. I said, oh, it's a lovely pencil case. It's a lovely pencil case. <laughs> that's what we we're all like. I, I cannot, my whole class, there was like two of us could draw and that was about it. But well, that that's the thing like mandala like I did the art lessons online um during mm -hmm. lockdown to keep people like just like literally said Friday nights I want to get back into it but Friday nights get a bottle of wine no pressure print off this sheet and we'll just draw like mandalas on a Friday night it was really cool I had heaps of people doing it like I actually had people in England that were like projecting it onto their tv and sitting in a big group at, like a house party just drawing mandalas um but this, the stuff that came through, like if you can draw a circle and a line and a triangle and that, you can draw like a whole thing. But the best thing was I love seeing how different everyone's perception was, like what you were just saying. Like the guys tend to have like really sharp mandala, like they look a little bit more like compasses, whereas girls are really like flowy and they have these beautiful like little twirls and everything out of it. But the one thing I found was that the guys always got really involved in it more than the girls like they were the ones at the end that was like okay I've got to go like <laughs> finish this on your own time because I, I think it's a big mis 
misconception that like if you can't draw you can't draw something like that you just there's no rules absolutely no rules with it fair but the one thing that we learned was this guy who who thought the teacher thought was uh her his pencil case was a shoe also couldn't draw straight lines oh <laughs> like impossible even with a ruler really you gave him a ruler and his line was still <laughs> as squiggly as anything so i'm not that bad i can draw straight lines with a ruler so oh, maybe, maybe there's maybe, hope maybe he was just into abstract art oh it was abstract <laughs> it was abstract for sure <laughs> I'm going to stop uh, ripping all now. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be listening to this. <laughs> Still a good mate of mine, so it's okay. <laughs> so, um, so, outside of the art, the art scene, um, what do you like to do? Do you do you anything else for a hobby, or what do you get up to? Um, at the moment, I feel like I have had no outside of art. It's really consumed me at the moment um but obviously like the usual stuff like obviously friends and family and we love going for walks walking with the puppy um and obviously like the biggest thing is traveling like i would go to different places and explore get lost like i love going to places and not using my maps and being like yes i definitely can find like these landmarks (laughs) without without my google maps because you just like you just get absorbed into it so much more um we like prior to all this like the gym was a big thing as well i've really let that slack at the moment um because obviously everything is closed um but really just trying to sort of be overall healthy and unhappy but I, honestly i spend so much of my time just creating if i'm not doing stuff that's for other people um for like as in commissions I'll be doing stuff that's for myself that I just enjoy drawing um, and creating. And that's pretty much. So your work is your hobby? I'd like, yeah, I would really like to say that um, I'm into like playing netball and all sorts of stuff. I, yeah, I tried to get back into it and it didn't work out. (laughs) Did you used to play sports? I did. I did when I was in school and that. Um, And I tried to do a bit of netball when I left, but I just forgot how exhausting it was running up and down a court. That's the point. I know, I know. It's just the fitness levels weren't quite there. Like I tried to um we we got back from Australia um on the 16th of March and we the next day was St. Patrick's Day and we were jet lagged. We woke up at two o'clock in the morning, couldn't get back to sleep and decided that it was be great to go see the sunrise at Cape Hill. And I literally struggled <laughs> to get to the top of it. I'm just my fitness levels are gone. I really need to increase them, um, and that's not even that much of a track. So um, maybe I need to stop drawing so much and get outside and <laughs> and be a bit more active. But just get outside and bring your sketch pad with you. Yeah, well, that's what. See, when I was in Australia, I did that all the time because you had the weather. Like you could literally go tomorrow. I'm going to go outside, climb to the top of the hill, and sit there listen to music, have a coffee and just draw. Um, it's really hard to do that here, um, especially in mean? the winter it's months. It's like a crisp six degrees, bring a coat, <laughs> umbrella and a coffee. Yeah, I may as well just Maybe bring two a tent. Coats. Yeah. Tent, yeah, exactly. I, I, 
I tried to do a mural in the middle of winter and I literally had um I had uh frostbite two two pairs of gloves on and I had so many coats on that I couldn't fully move my arm to actually like paint but I was inside a um like an old warehouse it was next to the heart bar so it was actually inside but there's no heating so I got a little portable heater to sit next to me and I was that cold that I was that close to it that my Converse shoes, the sole actually heated up that much that it, it broke off the shoe. <laughs> I am such a sucker for like, I can't handle the cold. I honestly can't. So yeah, there's no chance fair. of me, no chance of me being outside in that, in that cold drawing. Yeah. To be fair, what, what, what temperature are we used to in Australia? Um, we'll put it this way, it's their winter and it's warmer there than right now. <laughs> and our sunniest day over the past few months, was it anything close? Um, that would probably be their winter day. Like, so, yeah. like, it does get colder, don't get me wrong. Like, in winter, you would be, um, you're going to laugh. Sorry, everyone. Um, it would probably get down into, like, your threes to fives, about five o'clock in the morning. It would be quite cold. But our houses aren't built to hold the heat. They're built to get rid of the heat. So there's no, like, um, like the windows and everything would just be freezing. Um, there's no, like, even, like, curtains to sort of hold in the heat. We don't have heaters. We have air cons. So it can feel quite cold. You don't have the clothes for it. But in the summer, like, I was there for the bushfires um, that happened over our summer and it was just, it was like 40 degree heat. It was just, it was unbearable. Sometimes I wonder what's worse to paint in, like a heat wave or <laughs> the cold here. So is that guilt trip? Can I see a guilt yeah, trip coffee there? Yeah, that's guilt trip. I was saying before, I before you got on, I got a donut from there and it was like the best donut. Um, what one did you go for? We had it the owner on a few days ago. Which one did you have? Sorry, we had the owner of Guilt Chip on a few days ago, Callum Black. Oh, did you? Yeah, we were talking to him uh, maybe two weeks ago now. Oh, I actually think that started coming up. Um, I was listening to them this morning and it started coming up. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to have a listen. Sorry, I'm like the worst. <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I did listen to um, Matthew's one yesterday oh, and yes. then I, I went, actually went straight back to the start because I was like, I want to hear it from the start. I always feel oh, like it tells okay. a story, you know what I mean? You right, see okay. the progression. <laughs> so we go from rubbish to like bang average. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but it's just, a, it's just a conversation, that's the whole point. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we, took a, we took a year off in the middle. So you'll see season one and season two. So season one was like, uh, a year and a half, two years ago, and then we took a what did Matthew call it? A creative hiatus. Yeah. You're and then came back during this. lockdown. Yeah. So. And what what was that for? The just a sort of. We just got busy. So so, Amy is a seamstress. So she she has her own uh, company, uh, fixing and making dresses, and I have my own company and um, doing videos and. Um, social media and corporate and wedding videos for people so just yeah. at the at the stage where we quit just everything got really busy for us and we just didn't have time 
because yeah. most of the we're we're down in Kilkeel, kind of Bumland, County Down. So we were travelling up to Belfast for most of the podcast and it just took up so much time that we didn't have time to do them. So had to yeah. had to take a break for a while. It must be hard with like all of this with with the sort of stuff that you're involved in. Um yeah, we. Actually, this morning I got my first message to say that we've definitely got a wedding this year. Oh um, yay! So there's a couple getting married the start of August, and no matter what's happening, they're going ahead with it. I'm doing oh, a wedding great. video, so. Yeah, so this year was going to start off really, really well for us. Um, at the start of the year, we had won um, Northern Ireland uh, wedding videographer of the year, so. We were aiming to be, or we were going to be really busy this year until until this whole coronavirus. So I'm, uh, glad, we are, I'm glad we have one wedding. Okay, yay! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Successful yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, my friends, um, uh, Abby and Matt from Forever Social, oh. weddings, and they were saying like, you know, they had everything booked out, and then. Mm -hmm next year like everyone's changing it but they're already booked out for next year so it's effectively yep. lost trade that's yeah it's so difficult and yeah. people are wanting their refunds back like their money back and like yeah oh, it's, to it's be fair i don't think i don't think we've lost one yet i don't think we've lost a wedding yet we've been able to fit everyone into next year at some yeah. stage we've got some strange ones like there's very there's very few monday weddings usually but i think we have a few monday weddings this next year well, so, they were saying too, it's because like of the venues, because the venues are in the same boat, like they can't yeah. host multiple weddings one day that they're having to do it on different days, which kind of work in for them as well. So, um, yeah. oh, I'm glad you got the one wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Keep me, <laughs> I'll keep me busy for a week or two. Well, uh, for sure. Yeah. What can you do? What can you do? Exactly. I meant the podcast came back, so I'm happy enough. Use the time wisely. I think yeah, it's exactly. a blessing in disguise, isn't it, in a way? It depends how you look at it, but... Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's been stuff that I've been sitting sitting on for the guts of a year. I just haven't had time to do it, and it's all done now. So if you That's if good. you sort of get ahead of things, it's it's not too bad. Um, yeah. But how, how have you been during lockdown? Has it been tough on you, or are you happy enough? Um, at the start, it was like, um, it was quite difficult. See, I was in Australia for um, Christmas and I got back at the end of January. So I got back all of February. I used to prepare for this year, designing all the murals, because obviously that's the first step before you actually paint it. And I actually had them all booked in for the beginning of March. So I was like amped, ready for a great year. And um, I'm like, sadly, my nephew passed away in Australia. So we contacted all of the clients that I had and postponed them until for two weeks until we got back and we got back on the 16th of, of March and um, then lockdown hit us. So it's sort of like one thing after another. Um, and everyone sort of said like all the hospitality area was just like, well, we're closed. We literally can't have you come in. It's a good time for you to, to paint, but, we don't know when we're going to open again. So is it going to be painted for, for no reason? Um, so I focused on doing my, um, my online store, which is sort of my, my passive income and built that up, got really busy doing that. And then all the murals have started to come back through. So I've been flat out, but I, I do feel myself getting really frustrated with the lockdown, like mentally as well. 
I'm yeah. like, I, I'm getting really annoyed because I can't get everything done like I normally would. There's so many more steps and hoops to jump through. Um, and you don't have any social interaction, like even having to do this over a video, it feels so weird, like that you can't actually connect with people in the same way that you yeah. do. And it, it definitely affects your mental health. So I just can't definitely. wait. To, I can't wait to go in and have a coffee. I know. I know. <laughs> do my artwork. I haven't had, I haven't even had a takeaway coffee yet. Um, haven't you? No, I was, I was actually sitting, I've got an espresso machine. And I was sitting counting up over the past two weeks. I've I've went through in about two and a half weeks, as of this morning, I've went through about about fifty coffee pods. And for anyone who didn't see that, you just did the maths with your pencil. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I you must have saved some money them. then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, I like this like, 50 coffee pods is quite a lot and that's only yeah, two weeks. True. True, um, true. but then I've, I've, I've been drinking a lot of filter coffee as well so that's been that's been keeping me going as well but I suppose that achieved a bit but it's not just as it's not the same it's just not the same it's not it's nice to go sit somewhere and like you realize these little things in life are like just going to sit somewhere and I have a coffee and like for me I would go on my iPad and just draw and like they'd probably get annoyed at me because I would be in the coffee shop for like two hours longer than I should be um, but it's yeah it's just nice and, and to feel like you're around people I just I'm hanging for it. Australia is out of the lockdown I'm like I see all my my friends at oh, home and yeah, the pubs are open there and like they're at the beach and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Do they have any measures but, in place? Yeah, like they have really tough restrictions in getting into the country. So if you okay. fly in, you can only, you have to be an Australian citizen and you get put into a forced lockdown. It's a mandatory one in a hotel by the army and you're not allowed out of your room for 14 days. Like literally they put you in a room. Um, all expenses paid though, but you just can't, like if you, if you get one of the five-star hotels in Sydney, you're laughing, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely helped them though, control yeah. it. Um, and also some of the state borders are still closed. Um, okay. and a lot of jobs are still closed. Like my mum is, is without a job, um, at the moment, which is obviously tough, but, yeah. um, at least they can still interact and, and do that sort of stuff yeah, within reason yeah. obviously like they've got it under control there so yeah. do they have a do they have a two meter distance thing or they do but i believe you i don't know i believe you can still go into their houses and like right, okay. and do all that sort of stuff um right. because yeah they've they've because they brought in all of the quarantine stuff like the moment it all happened um, they were able to control the amount of people who have it. So I think most of the cases of people who have it are international travellers who come in and they're tested positive and they're put in straight into quarantine. Mm, um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm jealous of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at least that gives a little light and then the tunnel for us. It was, it was, I'm glad to see New Zealand is totally rid of it now. So I know. At least it's sort of starting to dissipate a bit. It's starting to go away a bit. Exactly. Fingers Ooh, crossed. Four days, four days yesterday. Um, Northern Ireland, no deaths. So, stuff. Oh, I didn't. Direction. I didn't hear yesterday. It was. It was zero again. That's good. 
I don't know. Don't take my word for it. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I thought I heard that. I thought they okay. said four days. So, okay. Well, yes. by the time this goes out in a few weeks' time, we'll be. We'll be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be at least four days by then. Hello, um, future. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but final question. Okay. This is a big one. We ask everybody. Drum roll. <laughs> What's your Netflix recommendation for lockdown? Oh, um. <sighs> Everyone has exactly the same reaction. I know. <laughs> I have like. I've watched so much Netflix. It's ridiculous. Like working from home, I will be on my iPad and then my laptop in front of me with Netflix on. Um, and the quality of my shows can stem from reality TV right through to full on documentaries. And um, I've actually got one a little bit different. It's not Netflix. Okay. Okay. Um, And um, it's actually a travel vlog that I've been watching on YouTube. They are two, oh, there are a couple. I know who you are. I saw them, I saw them on Instagram. I, uh, I can't let Becky, uh, no. Did no. They? No. <laughs> They're a Welsh couple. Yes, they are. Did you see it on my name. story the other day? I can't remember the name. I saw it in your Instagram story the other day. I'm saying, it's, I'm going to check those guys out. Yeah, it's Kinging It, and it's Amy and That's Craig. It. Amy and Craig. And I, 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 um, because I wanted to do like a UK road trip and um, obviously that can't happen at the moment and I needed to do the Welsh map so I was watching all of their travel blogs of their like trips that they did around um, Wales and that sort of gave me inspiration to draw so I kind of felt like I was there kind of feel like I know them <laughs> hey guys <laughs> I met you before. Um, but they're really cool it's different it's not like a normal travel blog where like um, what's what's his name that um, he travels around Europe. Rick. Um, Rick Stein. Rick Stein. Rick yeah. Stevens, is it? Rick, I can't think of what his name is. Um, and he travels around and he's like, and this is Stealing Tower of Pisa. Like, it's not like that. They're like just a young couple who's going around and doing like crazy things. So they brought a rickshaw and did a road trip around India on a rickshaw. And if you don't know what that is, that's like the little Indian, oh. like sort of buggy cars. And then, like, they did the Mongol Rally, which is where you buy, like, a beat-up old car oh, right. for a couple hundred oh, quid. And you go from, um, like, England right through to Mongolia. And they stayed in all different things. That's just incredibly interesting. There's, like, the highs and the lows. And it's really eye-opening. So it's sort of like a documentary travel vlog. Um, that would be my go-to thing. And... Um, yeah, I've yeah become obsessed with it. Cool. So not Netflix, kinging it on YouTube. We'll check that out for sure. Definitely will. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we've come to the end. We've got less than a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having and, me. And uh, maybe whenever lockdown's over, we'll be able to catch up in person for another one. Yes, we can go to Guilt Trip and get a coffee. Definitely. Yes, for sure. I'm up for that, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure Amy is Sounds too. good. Brilliant. Thanks, Thank you very much. Uh, uh, take care.